God. The authority of the believer, and we've been talking about joining forces with God. Well, man, you, when you're doing this, you're all in there with him. And, you know, and, and, and the military, they say, you know, you got my six. Well, God, and, and with God, he's got your one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way around. See, he's got you covered all the way around. That, that'll give you great confidence in, in the Lord. It ought to make you want to get out there and just get in the midst of the world and do something. When I started this, I knew exactly, uh, you know, I, I knew what I needed to do. Let me, let me read our, our uh, kind of our, our uh, uh, scripture that we put everything on. I did it in the amplified version, 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. It says, working together with him, we strongly urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. And look what the Amplified says. By turning away from sound doctrine and his merciful kindness. A few days ago, I was about to walk out of the room and head up here for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And the Lord spoke this to me, Psalms 11 and 3. I hadn't read this scripture in a long time. And to be honest with you, I didn't know exactly what it was talking about. A long time. And, and he spoke this directly to me. He said, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And my first thought was, what's the foundations you're talking about? And I'm not sure what the righteous can do, but I know the righteous can be as bold as a lion to do what with the foundations? What foundations? And then the Lord began to speak to me about it. And he began to reveal to me what we can do as the righteous. We can restore those foundations just like the Jews did when the temple was torn down. They came back and they restored the temple. Let me tell you something about the foundations that they're talking about here. This is what the Lord revealed to my heart. There's a lot of the foundations in Christianity all the way from the creation, all the way through the law, and all the way through Christ now and in the church. There's a lot of foundations that are being attacked by people, some of them by Christians of all things. But they're deceived in the way that they're attacking it. You know, I can remember when they had this big thing about taking the Ten Commandments out of everything, taking it out of the schools, taking it out of all the public buildings, and they've done that a lot of times. And then taking away prayer in the classroom, prayer at the ball games and all of that. And then there's, there, there's been the foundations in Christianity that are being attacked in a terrible way in the time that we live of. There's a group now, there's a, a huge movement called God the Mother. They assume that because there's a God the Father and he has a son, there, he has to, there has to be a mother. He has to have a wife. And there's tens of thousands of people buying into this. It's tremendous heresy, but there's heresy in, in, in so much that's in the world today. Even in the body of Christ, there are people attacking foundations that we have that Jesus established. One of those, those foundations is, is the, the virgin birth. There's, there's scores of churches now that don't even say, so you don't have to believe that. That's too hard to believe, you know? And I'm saying that's one of the foundations of Christianity. If Jesus had not been born through a virgin, he would have been born in sin. He couldn't be our savior. But that's being attacked. The attack on marriage, tremendous. The president of the United States last month, last, no, no, in December, he signed a, a, a bill, a marriage bill which protected the rights for men to marry men and women to marry women. Is that not a destruction of a foundation set forth way back there in the book of, of Genesis? 
And there's so many more, I don't have time to cover them tonight, but you and I can restore them. We can restore them through prayer. We can restore them by how we react when somebody comes up with one of these things. It's the time for us is not to be silent anymore. The world says loudly what it believes and what it wants. It's time for us to step up. You do it in the right way. You do it in love, but you say you're wrong. You step up and you say you're wrong. You got to do that. You got to do it for your children, your grandchildren. You got to do it for your family. Man, I'm going to tell you something. Since this all started and the Lord gave me this, man, I just, it's just been a continual, continual thing that the Lord is bringing into my heart in reference to this. And I don't have the time to get into it tonight. You know, I don't want to plug what I'm doing. I'm going to have a, a, a small group called Command Presence. And that's going to start here pretty quick in a small group. And I'm not trying to plug that thing, but we're going to be doing that for 12 weeks. And so if you'd like to join up with that, you're welcome to do so. And we get into real, real in-depth when we talk about the authority of the believer. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You can be bold as a lion and restore them. And I'm going to tell you how you can do it and why you can do it. Look at this definition. Authority is our inherited right to use God's power. Notice it's inherited. You don't work for it. It's like your salvation. You don't work for it. But the authority that you have, God's authority, is inherited. And it started back there in the Garden of Eden. And if you go back and read that, when he gave authority to Adam and Eve, it was unconditional dominion over the earth. Unconditional. God didn't say, you guys can have this as long as you do exactly what I want you to do, as long as you meet with me every day. It's unconditional. I'm giving it to you. He gave it to the first Adam. The first Adam lost it. The second Adam came back and gained it back. Think about this. Unconditional authority. You know, when I was a state trooper, I was given authority by the state of Texas. Without authority, I couldn't have done anything. I mean, man, I, I couldn't have done anything with anybody. I could have stopped you, and you'd have looked at me and said, well, you ain't got a badge on. Who, who are you? And i say, well, I'm just trying to enforce the law. I might have taken you in, but the court would do nothing with you because I didn't have any authority to deal with you. God has given us his authority. It's inherited through the last Adam. And look at what this is. Look at this one right here. Let me find my scripture that I want to go over right here. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all, all authority hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go you therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Notice that he says, all authority hath been given unto me both in heaven and in earth. And the authority given to Adam was only in the earth. Now look at this. Because he says, I've got all of it, therefore you go. Well, what, 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 does, he, what, what does that do for us? Because in Jesus, we're joint heirs with him. And what he has, his authority is our authority. But it's not only in the earth, it's in the spiritual realm. Wow. You know, most Christians have no conception of that. A lot of Christians don't have any perception of a spiritual realm. 
They think everything that happens is, is, you know, it just happens in this physical world. If you mention anything outside of that, well, you know, we're too sophisticated. That was for those people way back there. We've got all the technology. We've got all this knowledge we got now, and all that stuff is not good for us. There's a lot of people that believe that. And I'm going to tell you this, if you want to accept the fact that there is a spiritual realm and there's a battle taking place with that, you, you won't take authority because you don't believe it. In the, there's no any reason for it. But he, said that, but he says, I have it now. And because he has it and he's the last Adam and because we inherited it through him, it's ours to do what? To use it. To use it. The majority of believers have no way, they don't even know they have it. And if they do have it, they don't know how to use it. You know, in the study that I'm going to do, I'm going to show you how to use it. I'll, I'll allude to it tonight, but I'll show you how to do it, and I'll show you how to get results from it. Because I'm telling you now, what God has given us, what, what we've inherited through Christ. Remember, Paul wanted us to know the riches, the glory of the riches of his inheritance in us. And, and this authority is one of those riches. Well, if you've got riches, you know what? I'm going to use them. Isn't that true? That's what you're going to do. So let's take a look at this next, look at this next uh, scripture, Isaiah 54, 17. This is very popular scripture. And, I, I, and this is just kind of the middle of it because if you read the whole chapter, it's talking about the covenant that we have. And if you go back before this part of it, and I didn't put all of it in it, but he's talking about fear and terror. And he said, these two things will gather together, but not by me. And then he goes and says, no weapon, now look at this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Look at the next part. This is your heritage of the servants of the Lord, and your righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is your inheritance. But you have to stand up, and you have to condemn it. You could, listen, it's not what people are doing, it's what's pushing, it's what's behind them. It's what's going on in the spiritual realm. It takes a spiritual remedy to take care of a spiritual problem. You can't take care of a spiritual attack with a physical act. Isn't that right? You can't do that. It's you're on two different planes. That's why you must be born again, Jesus said. If you're gonna step up here on God's plane, he's a living spirit, you're gonna have to step up there where you're right there with him, see? You can't stay down on this level. It's on, it's on an earthly level. So you're going to have to stand up, take your authority, and this is where command presence comes in. And I'm not going to get into this detail, but I was taught as a state trooper, and most policemen, you're taught how to have a, a command presence when you approach and you talk to people because you're talking a lot of times to people that are mad, they're upset, they want nothing to do with you, they didn't do nothing wrong, you got the wrong person, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, it goes on and on and on. Get that guy, but not me. And so if you approach them like, you know, sir, I, you know, I, I, I hate that I had to fool you over. and You know, I, I, maybe I was wrong, I don't know. You know, there's no command presence. A lot of those people will immediately, it's like a shark in blood, man. They'll smell that, that weakness and they'll come after you. You have to come in and you have to take authority immediately. And, I, and I've done it many times and I've seen guys that, and, 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 and lady uh, troopers that could never do it and they were always taken advantage of. You have to stand up, 
and as who you are in Jesus Christ when you condemn something and you take authority just as Jesus is right here with you. He's backing you up. The Holy Spirit is backing you up. And you got to know that. Listen, the devil has no obligation to flee unless you resist him. And this is the best way you can resist him. This is where you can take authority that's already, he, he has no authority. He has no power. All he has is deception, what you're willing to give up. And sadly enough, through the years, the church has given him more than they ever should have. Oh, he's tough. He's mean. He can do this. Don't talk about him. That's baloney. That's not the truth. Don't give him what he ain't got. Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. And now he says, all power, all authority hath been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth, and you're a part of it. Isn't that awesome? You know, (laughs) things come into your life, and I understand they come because we're in this physical fallen world. But you understand the world is supposed, you're not, the world is supposed to react from what you say and not you, and not you, not the other way. You're, you're supposed. It's supposed to respond to you, and not you to it. You know that that thing where Jesus sent that guy, one of the disciples, down there. You know he needed to pay a tax. He said, "Go down there and catch that fish. Catch first one and put that. Take that coin out of his mouth." You know he didn't do that for a while factor. You know he didn't do it like guys. Watch this. <laughs> watch what happens here. He didn't do it for that reason. He wanted to show. Look. That fish in that water is supposed to respond to me. I am its creator. That thing, I don't, I don't have to get money from, I don't, that fish is going to bring, what's in the earth, what's in creation responds to me. Think about that. You know how many fish you caught that had a coin in its mouth? I never caught one. I've caught some that had some weird stuff in their stomach after I opened it up, some weird stuff, but never any money. The whole point of everything that Jesus did when he walked on the water, he didn't walk on it for a wow factor. Wow, look at what he's doing. And then through the church, wow, look at that. He was walking on the very thing that was trying to kill him. It was under his feet. That storm, that water was trying to take their life. And he says, boy, look what I'm doing. I'm walking on that. You can walk on it too. You know, I talk about water walking all the time. And brother, you need to be a water walker in this earth. Romans 8, 17, amplified. I like the amplified amp because I like to amp it up. Amplified, boy, just gets in there, boy, and amps it up. <laughs> yeah, look at that. And if we are his children, look at this. And if we are his children, we are, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing. Man, look at this and inheritance, if indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also glory in his, I mean, uh, share in his glory. Did you see what he said here? Do you need any more evidence about your inheritance? Boy, I tell you what, you ought to just take that that right there sometime, just get in an easy chair, get your favorite beverage, whatever it happens to be, and (laughs) and just meditate that. Just meditate that. I'll tell you, it'll make you stronger than horseradish. It will. Boatload of, of, it'll make you strong in the Lord. You know what it does to me when I meditate? I have to get up and start walking around. Man, I, I just have to get up and start walking around. I walk one end of the room to the other, you know. Why? Because it just builds you up and gives you so much confidence in God. A guy named John Lake. You've heard of John Lake. 
guy back there many, many years ago, man, he was, man, here's what John Lake did. This is what he did, his own testimony. Every morning he'd look in the mirror and he says, you are who God says you are and you can do what God says you can do. And that man emptied the hospitals up in around Seattle, Washington, I believe it was. He, got, he had what he called practitioners, and he would teach them how to minister healing to people. And he'd send them out, and he said, don't you come back to the healed. And if you have to, you live with them till they're well. Think about that. He got to, they got to shutting down hospitals. People were staying well. Do you know, and, and I'm going to throw this in here. Did you know, here's a promise from Jesus Christ. Right here. He said to anybody that believes on me, that's me, you, if you're in here. He said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. If he had said just to you 12 guys, then that left us out. He said, if any man believes on me, this is what you can do. I am committed I committed myself recently to the Lord. I said, God, I'm committed to seeing the works and the greater works. Because all through the ministry, his ministry, the ministry of Jesus, the ministry of Paul and the apostles, the, the, the preaching was followed up with signs, miracles, and wonders. We are, we are in no less of a place. We have the same Jesus. We have the same promise. We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same anointed one inside of us. I'm going to tell you something, you're going to have to boost up, boost up your anticipation. I, I don't, I can't get into this because I don't have time, but I will if you ask me about it later. I just can't get into this. I want to, but I can't. Ephesians 2 and 6, and he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What, what place of authority is that? You're made to sit with him in heavenly places. Listen, everything that's under his feet, under your feet. You got to know that. You got to know that. You got to know what you're, you got to know this is your inheritance. If you know this, then put it into action. Speak it out of your mouth. Look at point number two here. Authority backed up by Holy Spirit empowerment. Absolutely required. You're not going to have it. You're not going to be able to walk in authority until you're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and 8, very popular, very known by most Christians. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the what? The end of the earth. Well, the Apostle Paul didn't go to the end of the earth, did he? But we have, through the years, Christians have, we've gone through the end of the earth. That's authority. You can't go to the end of the earth without some kind of authority, without some power for sure. Acts 1 and 5, because John indeed immersed in water, but you will be immersed in the Holy Spirit not many days after these. This is talking the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't you go anything, don't you do anything until you receive or endued with power from on high. Because he was, he didn't do anything until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I like the fact this particular uh, 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 version or, or interpretation says, uses the fact that we're immersed we're immersed in the Holy Spirit. Man, think about that. There's another one you can just sit back and, God, show me what that is. 
You'll get all excited, and man, you'll feel you'll be strong in the Lord. One thing I want to mention here: in the early church, there was none of this. Well, you know, we don't believe in that. Bad. Everybody, it was common. It was normal to get born again, and then in, a, in a, a, another experience, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Only down through the ages, people come along, well, we don't, we don't believe in that. We got that when we got saved. No, you didn't. And this is one of the reasons. I know pastor made a statement here not too long ago about how many pastors are falling out of the ministry. A majority of those people do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't. They, they're saved, they get saved, and they get saved stuck, they get frustrated, they're powerless. Everything's new, but they're powerless. I always use this illustration. What if somebody called me from some dealership and said, man, Mr. Connery, come on down here, we've got a gift for you. It's the most powerful vehicle we got. It's got all the bells and whistles, everything in it. It's got a jacuzzi in the back. Come on down here and get it. It's free. It's a free gift. You ever, ever heard of the free gift of life in Christ? It's a free gift. I get down there, I look at, oh, man, this is just so awesome. And then the salesman comes up and says, but there's one problem, it ain't got no motor. <laughs> what? Ain't got no power? You know, behold, all things become new and all things are of God. You get born again, and you're now, but you're powerless. And you've got God inside of you, and it's like, man, I, I've heard people say, there's got to be more to it than this. There is. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to change your life. All right. Let's move on. We are in a spiritual battle. You got to know that. There's a battle for your mind, for your heart. There's a battle for your family. There's a battle for your church. There's a battle for those foundations. And sadly enough, with so many Christians powerless, they just sit back and watch it happen. You get empowered with the Holy Spirit and you can't sit back. John 10, 10. The thief, this is, this is one of the reasons why you need to have the power. This is one of the reasons why you need to have the authority. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and he's still in that mode. That's his nature. He hasn't changed through the years, but what he's, he's deceived the people into thinking that he's all-powerful. He's not. He can only deceive you. He can deceive you in these foundations that we've talked about. And in some of them, you'll go to hell if you believe some of that stuff. You'll go to hell for it. He says, and, and I have come that they may have life, that, that it may have it, and more abundantly. That's talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's about the Holy Spirit empowering you and showing you rivers of living water coming from the inside of you. Notice it says rivers and not little trickling springs. Forces coming on the inside of you. Ephesians 6 and 12 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Notice in Ephesians it said, we're made to sit with him. Where? In heavenly places. Those powers in heavenly places, he put that in there to show you that they are under your authority. They're not up there just sitting up there and nothing you can do about it. You gotta learn how to speak to what's behind the scene. Most Christians don't know how to do that. They don't, they don't believe in binding up anyway. They don't believe in doing anything about these powers because they think, well, if they are up there, I'm down here, what can I do? You can pray. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
You can take your place as John Lake did and say, you know what? I am who God says that I am and I can do what he says that I can do and I can take authority over these things on behalf of the church, on behalf of the Lord Jesus. You're made to sit with him. You got to know this. You got to get into this. And we'll get into this in in a small group, that's for sure. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. That's in the Amplified. Look at that. For the destruction of fortresses. Those things in those heavenly places are fortresses. But if they'll remain fortresses unless somebody does something about it, you and I need to come against it. I'm telling you now, there's a lot of people that think you're crazy. They'll think, boy, we don't pray like that. No, you sure don't, but you don't get the results that we get either. You're supposed to get results when you pray. When you have authority, you're supposed to. A part of that authority is the fact that you rule with Jesus. You rule with him. That's why you're called a king unto the Lord. He's the king. He's the king of kings. You're under his lordship, but you're a king in this earth. You also have authority in heaven. Isn't that awesome to know that? Look, also, then I'll end it with this, and this is not in in the notes that you have. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And we can go in, if you go into the rest of that in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, taking up the sword, the shield of faith, girding your loins with the truth, shod your feet with the gospel, and praying without ceasing. All of that, you have all of that stuff because you're in a spiritual battle. And it's time, it's time for us to step out and restore the things that are trying to be torn away from us. But you can't take care of a spiritual problem in a physical way. You're going to have to jump up on this level, jump up on this platform, and take your place in Christ and command it. Isn't that awesome? You can do that. But you need to do that. And as a part of what I get into in this study that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to go into detail on some of those things so that you can do it if I have confidence in doing it. God bless you. I hope you got some of this. I had to do it a little quick because I had a lot of stuff, but that's okay. And, uh, you know, as you leave this place tonight, I'm gonna, I, I got this little assignment before I step down here. Is as you leave this place and, and you go home, You know, I want you to consider who you are in Christ. I want want you to consider what's been invested in you with a price that was paid for you. I want you to consider the fact that God poured out his spirit upon all flesh at the outpouring on the day of Pentecost, the spirit came. I want you to consider that had not the Holy Spirit been given, you couldn't be drawn to the Lord. You know that? A man is so emaciated, so far from God, that the Holy Spirit has to, literally, it means he has to drag you to the the free gift of life in Christ Jesus. Consider. Think about it. Step up. Step up to the plate. Just like pastor says, get ready to hit that home run. But when you hit that ball, hit it right straight to Satan. Pow, right between the eyes. Let him have it. 